Highly Enthused, a shortcut to things worth consuming, presented by two women named Sophie who spend too long on the internet. I'm Sophie Roberts. And I'm Sophie McComas. We are back. We are back. We're back. We're back. We're back. Season six of Highly Enthused, everybody. Look, we took a nice, long, busy, moldy summer break. Most of autumn, and we missed you, and we had to get back on the old audio recording thing, <laughs> recording part, previously known as a podcast. I don't know where I was going with that. Good to be back, so wrong. I know it's great. I've missed it. It's been yeah, it's been too long. Yeah, I went through a season of being like, I have no recommendations, nothing, <laughs> nothing at all. I have nothing to recommend, and I got over that. And now I have so many things, so many things to share. Amazing. I was the same. My notes app. I have a list, and it just kind of like kept getting longer and longer and longer. I was like, we have to start recommending. My my group chats are over it. <laughs> they don't want any more books or movies or TV shows. Like They're done. They have no more interest. Give us the 411 on your last few months. What's been happening? What's happening right now? What's next? Well, currently I am in packing procrastination pain. I am moving house for the first time in over six years, which is – exciting and terrifying (laughs) and painful. I'm realizing that even though I get literally 90% of the books I read from the library, I have a book buying problem. And I also have a hoarding sources I bought from Asian supermarkets problem. I have that problem. (laughs) Yeah. I also have a half finished jars of condiments filling two levels of my fridge problem. So I'm just some real hoarding challenges that I need to overcome. Yeah, and I've got like 10 days to get this sorted and packed and moved, which I'm in denial about, but I work well to a deadline, so I think I'm going to rally. Are you just in like eat the fridge mode? Like, mmm, tahini noodles, that sounds good. (laughs) That sounds normal compared to some of the things I've been doing. (laughs) Um, I also, yeah, I'm just trying to like eat everything just empty everything and I've had all these things that I would normally rebuy like mayonnaise which I just am not allowed to rebuy so it's a really interesting substitution anyway I'm excited radical change radical change (laughs) huge enormous life changes after two years of nothing (laughs) that's all I want is radical change um that's good I'm excited I'm very glad that you're moving closer to me for a time being in the inner west I know extreme excitement over that I feel like I have had a very moldy summer as well. Um, Everything was moldy for a while there and now my house just smells like vinegar, which isn't better than mold, but it's different. Less likely to kill you. (laughs) Yeah. So many house issues. I had just my sewer of the apartment block that I live in just like completely break about, well, when I say break, I mean exuberantly overflow into our shared courtyard and there are just they were just turds just bobbing around in a sea of sewage in our back courtyard. Four times, four different times this happened. <laughs> Guys, haven't you missed us? That is actual hell. That was actual hell. But, you know, that is life. And as the plumber who came to fix it said, that's plumbing, love. And I was like, 
thanks. That is plumbing. That's gross. <laughs> but that's plumbing. Um, so I'm leaving that um, shit pile behind and preparing to go on our first overseas holiday in about three years, which is extremely Yay! exciting. Can't wait for the croissants. Can't wait for the baguettes. Can't wait for the cheese, the haman. I'm just very keen on getting there. I'm very excited for you. I'm excited for the Instagram content to you know live vicariously through excited to watch ned eat hamon it's gonna be great i am wondering if i should delete instagram <laughs> for the duration <laughs> of this trip because i'm like maybe i just need a break maybe i just need to like delete it from my phone and then just give everyone like a massive steaming pile of content when i get back <laughs> oh my god like a blog like a travel blog and or the facebook photo album uploads of our youth where you just do it yeah. all when you got home i mean we'll do that i'm like no one knows what's going on until the end you control the narrative <laughs> sophie you control the narrative <laughs> so i probably Look, will chicken out of doing that but watch this space uh well okay back on business sophie we're here for business and we have some reminders since we were here which has been a little while between episodes we wanted to remind you that we have been writing a monthly newsletter to our darling paid subscribers um we've been doing it the whole time we've been off so if you've missed it <laughs> you've been missing out on some good stuff it costs just five dollars a month to subscribe to the highly enthused monthly newsletter and each month we alternate writing on a theme and your last newsletter which was sort of a toolkit for heartbreak where you answered some listener questions about heartbreak and grief was so beautiful it was so good and i'm not just like buttering you up it was amazing thank you we got some really awesome feedback from it and if you haven't read it yet you can still subscribe the whole archive is there Check it out at highlyenthused.substack.com. It's $5 a month, which is what a coffee costs now. And <laughs> it's cheaper than my daily coffee. But it's- yeah, seriously. Um, so it's worth it. It is more delicious than your daily coffee. You know, if that's not for you, that's okay. All the recommendations in this episode will be sent to you for free this Friday through our free newsletter. And we love listener recommendations for the newsletter theme. So please hit us up on Instagram or at email at highlyenthused at gmail.com and suggest a way. Like what do we want? A theme on bathroom curtains? <laughs> the best plumbers in the inner west in Sydney. <laughs> yeah, the best way to get mould out of your like entire house. <laughs> Honestly, we could just get listener recommendations for that. Everyone in Sydney has spent three months doing it. This is a far more mold-focused introduction than I was expecting. <laughs> Guys, you but haven't it's missed an that much. Part of our lives now. It's an ingrained part of our lives and we're just dealing with it, okay? We're just dealing with it. I think we should move on to food. <laughs> I think with that appetizing introduction, here are some recipes. All right. I am jumping in first. Do it. I have a revolutionary noodle recipe, Sophie. This oh. has actually changed my life this summer. So I found on – have you ever gone on the website Food52? It's like something I check intermittently. Yeah, sometimes I check their Instagram account because they have a whole bunch of stuff that just keeps going viral like every now and then. I haven't – I don't browse the website that often, I must say. Well, so that's how I found this recipe. It's a recipe for pad thai um, and it's from the chef from Night and Market, which is a a Thai restaurant in Los Angeles, I believe. It's really good. And it's one of their genius recipes. They have this whole section where it's just like these like really amazing tried and tested recipes. I'm sure they're the ones that go viral. Um, So I saw it on their Instagram account and was like, yeah, I like Pad Thai. I've never tried to make it. I bet this is going to be like a bolognese style, you know, like high effort kind of 
lots of time, fiddly recipes. But this was actually the fastest and easiest and tastiest noodle dish I've made like ever. It's like working from home lunch fast and easy. It is so quick, like so much quicker than any other noodle dish I've made. Like even those like sesame noodles that you think aren't going to take that long because you're just like making a sauce and somehow the sauce still takes like 20 minutes to make because you're mincing the garlic and the ginger and it all takes forever. This is the opposite of this. It is also really, I hate using the word authentic, but it tastes like just as complex and interesting and delicious as a pad thai you get at a restaurant, but it was really really easy and the ingredient list is really small and you probably have most of the things you probably could do it right now so it is basically you need to have the right noodles so there's like wide flat rice noodles that you can buy for like three dollars and keep in your pantry as I've discovered whilst clearing mine out indefinitely (laughs) they last (laughs) for a really long time and then if you've got those all you need to like make this is they recommend bean sprouts or something fresh and crunchy. I've literally made this with cabbage. I've made this with like iceberg lettuce I had lingering around. You just want crunch, traditionally bean sprouts. So if you've got those, use them. Then you just need protein, whether that's like tofu or chicken or prawns, whatever, an egg. And then you use have like peanuts, some green onions and chili flakes and lime to top it off. So like all pretty standard so far. And then the sauce is just fish sauce and distilled white vinegar. That's it. What? Oh, that's cool. It's so fast and easy. You basically just like soak the noodles. So you can just like do that at the beginning and you soak them in water for I think like 20 minutes, depends on the packet. And then you just like cook the protein, throw the noodles in, throw the sauce in, cook that for a while, push it to the side, crack the egg, scramble it, mix it through, throw it on a plate, top it, you're done. It's like oh, three minutes. So good. <laughs> I love minutes. roasted peanuts on noodle dishes. I think that mm. is one of my niche fetishes. <laughs> one of many. <laughs> one, one of your many niche fetishes, roasted peanuts. I also keep like those like fried shallots that you can buy mm. at the Asian grocery store just to add extra crunch. If you've got some chili flakes, you can top it with that. It is amazing. So that is the night plus market pad thai recipe. I found it on Food 52. They also have a very convenient like little five-minute video to walk through the recipe. If you don't have a wok, it's like slightly harder, but I don't have a wok and I've made it a bunch of times. So can recommend. Make yourself a pad thai. Delicious. Faster than takeaway when it's a rainy night. I've been to night market in LA and it's seriously good. So I'm I'm very keen to try that. Thanks. Well, I come to you with a quasi noodle dish um <laughs> people who hate when pasta pasta is called noodles um can step aside <laughs> um but anyway it is dan pelosi's vodka sauce and i say sauce because he spells it s-a-w-c-e so that is obviously how it's pronounced <laughs> um and i I've seen, I saw pasta a la vodka kind of go around the traps pretty heavily during lockdown. I never tried it until very recently. Yeah. A lot of people are like, "Eh, I don't like it or it's too hard or like, why would you have vodka pasta or whatever? And then a lot of people are obsessed with it. So it was one of those things that I just wanted to try because, you know, a lot of people have been talking about it. And Dan Pelosi is a New York interior designer who has a cooking Instagram account called Grossi Pelosi. And according to the internet, his recipe is the best for pasta a la vodka. 
And my very light Googling that I did, like one of the more simpler recipes. So it doesn't have a lot of onion in it. It has only a few ingredients, which I'll list in a second. But I was like, what is the point of adding vodka to pasta? Like it doesn't really have any flavor. Like what is it actually doing? And so I looked that up and apparently it really like mellows the tomato's acid, which I think is true having now eaten it, (laughs) Um, as does the cream. Like obviously tomato is pretty acidic. So the cream and the vodka together combine into this like sensuous, (laughs) unctuous, creamy, delicious sauce that is just velvety and has this nice like depth to it. Um, you can, there are a few kind of semi-flavored vodkas out there at the moment that go with like Bloody Marys and things like that. You don't need one of them. You can just use that bottle that you have literally not touched in two years at the back of the cabinet because who really drinks vodka at home? Not that many people. And it's so easy. It's basically olive oil and butter. You grate a clove of garlic, red chili flakes and tomato paste, cream and vodka and a bit of like pecorino or parmesan for the top. You just cook the garlic in the olive oil and butter with the chili flakes until it's fragrant and red. Put the tomato, the vodka, and the cream in, and you just whisk it until it thickens. That's it. You just whisk it, whisk it, whisk it. Slowly overheat, it thickens into this, like, spoon-coating, glossy sauce. You toss the pasta in. It's that really awesome color that you see, vodka a la pasta. Oh, wait. I mean, pasta a la vodka. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, Vodka a la pasta. You know, that it just shines. Like it has that Mm. gorgeous shine to it, which is so yum. And that's, I think, from the vodka and the fat in the cream. (laughs) Um, It is not a light dish. It is extremely rich, but it's so satisfying. You just sit down on the couch with this giant bowl of pasta that has booze in it and probably a glass of wine or maybe a glass of vodka to match. (laughs) (laughs) And it's heaven. It's delicious. I really understand why it's so popular. And this recipe was extremely easy and very good. And there was no chopping involved. There was just one grating of garlic clove, which I really appreciate. That's really all you can ask. I also love the effort level of both the recipes we've spoken to. like the least amount of effort you can possibly do we do not have time for lots of shopping so yeah that's dan pelosi's vodka sauce i will link to it in the newsletter it was delicious okay read watch listen what have you been reading watching or listening to sophie just for a real change of pace lol not at all all i talked about last year was tv shows i've got a tv show Um, so i think we know by now that i really love weird concept tea tv shows like i don't like i can't handle anything with too much uh you know violence or too much plot sort of though this is all plot so i don't know why i'm I'm even saying that but i got addicted to the show severance have you watched this no i've seen one episode because that was all that was offered for free on apple tv (laughs) so it's incredible yes so look i will say this is worth doing the like three-month trial sign up or like so I can pay for a month to have it I am gonna have to re-sign up to see season two and it will be worth it because this was amazing so for anyone who doesn't know the premise of severance I'll give the setup basically it's set in either a kind of either alternate version of the present or the very near future it's not really clear what year it is but it sort of feels familiar but off slightly Um, And in this version of the future or the present, there is a company called Lumen, which has perfected this uh, brain surgery procedure that they call severance, which is where your memories are surgically divided between your work and your personal lives. So they call it like geospecific 
brain something or other. So basically what it is is you see these scenes of um, it's got Adam Scott from Parks and Rec is the main character. He like drives, gets into work, like takes all identifying things off him, puts his work pass on, hops into a lift, and then as he like goes down the lift at this job, he like kind of like switches into his inside like inside person. Uh, so basically the show follows his character and these three other severed Lumen employees who when they're outside work, they have no memories of their workday. Uh, and when they're inside work, they have no memory of their lives and outside self. So they, mm. they've always only been at work in this if they're the inside self. It's like, so like they don't even know why their outer version chose to be severed and start working there. Like they don't know anything. <laughs> they just work and they're always at work. So it's like very mysterious and odd and kind of creepy. Um, it's also very funny. Like it's got these like real surreal moments, but it's like almost a workplace comedy at times. And when I like read the premise, I was like, okay, that sounds like pretty straightforward. Like whatever. Okay. You don't remember life outside of work, whatever. But then once you start watching the show, all these like philosophical and ethical and like political and dramatic kind of crazy things kind of start spinning out from it. Like you start really fundamentally understanding like what it means if you didn't remember anything outside of work. Like for mm. them, their day never ends because they like remember hopping in the lift and then they're getting off the lift immediately. Like that's how their memory is working. So like imagine you've basically sort of sentenced part of yourself to be in this perpetual weird twilight of work where you're never doing anything but working. It's wild. It's so weird. It sort of combines like a disturbing science fiction premise with a workplace comedy and then like turns into a bit of a corporate thriller and kind of like a buddy comedy it's so amazing it's also I think if you've if you've heard of Severance and haven't watched it you might have heard about like its set design and costuming is really mm. amazing like the the interiors of the office are like super like mid-century almost futuristic in these weird ways it just sort of feels like a whole other world it was so distinct. Apparently yeah. Ben Stiller directed most of it. Yeah, I saw that in the credits. It. I've heard so many things. A lot of people are saying it's the best TV show they've ever watched. Look, I've seen some good TV shows. It's it's a very distinct show. I haven't watched anything else like it, which is quite amazing. Like it feels like it has a real point of view. This is, this is pretty wild. <laughs> I really loved it. Is there a season two out now or is it? Coming. No, so season one is all out. So they released like, um, I think they were just doing one a week for a while there. Anyway, so that's Severance. It's on Apple TV. It is worth signing up for at least the trial to watch it. Yeah, I, it, just amazing. Such a trip. How about yourself? Have you read, watched or listened this week? Well, I feel a, bit, a little bit bad stealing this recommendation from you because I know that you have been anxiously awaiting the arrival of this book. Has it arrived yet? It has not yet arrived. I'm very excited for you to be talking about it. Okay, so it's very exciting because one of our listeners, Anna Kinsella, who lives in London, has written an incredible book called Look Here. And you've spoken about Anna's great mm -hmm. newsletter before called The London Review of Looks. It's still like the best Which is one. so much fun. Yeah, she... She hasn't updated in a while. She's, she's been busy writing this book, but she wrote in the newsletter just really fantastically about the people that she observes on her wanderings around the city. 
little moments and vignettes of people together or alone, you know, and what they wear but also what they're doing. And there's just these little snapshots into people's lives. And it intersects with Anna's life as well in her writing, which is which is really nice. And her book is kind of extension of that. It's kind of like a – it's more than just clothing descriptions. It really just speaks to that intense pleasure of people watching, mm. which I think we really missed a lot of in the pandemic. You know, everyone's at home. No one's – you know, you're not hanging out at cafes or at pubs or at bars or even on public transport that much. You don't see, we didn't see other people going about their lives really at all for a really long time. And Anna just has this way of describing what people are wearing and what they're doing in such a great way that makes you just see them in your mind. She notices really quirky, tiny little details, which is a really incredible skill. It's intertwining with her life and stories about moving to London and starting work and, you know, how she feels about living in this giant big city. But it's also about what it means to watch people and to look at people and to observe people and what kind of lenses we look through and what context we look at people through and how things like privilege play into that, like how we view others from where we stand and that, you know, it's privileged to have the time to people watch for kind of a leisure activity. It's also started with interviews from Londoners from all over the city and all walks of life from a fashion designer who creates these incredible, huge, bulbous dresses made from like meters and meters of tulle and fabric, which take up like a whole section of the London <laughs> tube. <laughs> it's so cool. I was just like, looking all these people up on Instagram. Then a woman who works at, at London Water and a man who's a member of, you know, one of the snooty private clubs in London and how, how he dresses and what it's like to be part of a club like that. Throughout the book as well, there are also these little bullet point notes that she makes, which is quite similar to how she wrote her newsletter, little snippets in time of people that she's observed throughout the summer or, or over the winter um, and what they're wearing. And aside from all of that, it's just this big love letter to London. And I've spent a little bit of time in London, but not a lot. And not since, oh, I wouldn't have been for, you know, nearly 12 years, mm. 15 years or something like that. And it just makes me want to be that girl, you know, sitting solo at the bar at St. John across from the Spitalfields Market people watching, drinking something delicious and just like writing in my notebook really mysteriously <laughs> as I'm eating like some pate on toast. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? do. I do exactly. I'm just wandering around watching. And I think that's something quite special as well, like really wandering and looking and taking in the things around you. You know, we're constantly plugged into a podcast or, you know, looking at my phone. And Anna really wants me, as I read her book, to just try and be in the city like just be part of it that like big flow of people and community even if you don't know you know anyone around you as you're walking past this throng of people to just be part of this like life force and this mass in inside this giant city and kind of aware of all the magic in that like all the possibility and all the lives that are intertwining at once and operating at the same time on top of each other it's really magical and it's just a really really smartly structured book because it could have just been a list of what people wear and like it's pretty and it's descriptive and that's it but it's really a lot deeper than that there's a lot of layers to it which I really didn't expect it's just an absolute triumph I oh I'm loving it I haven't finished it yet but you are I'm so excited to get it it's like one of the books I'm most excited about this year I just can't wait to read it she's such a brilliant observer 
Yeah, you'll love it. So that is Look Here by Anna Kinsella and it's published by Daunt Books. You can order it directly from them. It's fantastic. If you are thinking of going to London, this will get you very excited. Amazing. Great. Well, buy or do. What are we up to, Sarah? I didn't even really think about this, but this flows on perfectly from what you were just saying. Basically, my recommendation is to be that girl sitting at the bar by herself. (laughs) Be Be her. her. Be her. Um, No, my recommendation is a do and it is to take yourself out for a fancy solo dinner. Yes. So I know you love a solo meal. I love a solo meal, um, but not everyone is as comfortable, I think, as you and I with a bar seat by themselves in a nice restaurant on a Thursday night. But I am here to encourage every single person to try this out because I think it's one of life's absolute greatest joys to do this. So I first started doing this when I was traveling because, you know, if you go on a trip by yourself, kind of it's either like don't eat in nice restaurants (laughs) or learn to eat in them alone that kind of broke the seal I think when you travel you're more comfortable doing stuff that's outside of your like norm but I actually really love to do it when I'm Sydney as well and I don't mean just like a quick sushi train so like scarfing down a bowl of ramen before you do the grocery shopping I mean lipstick a nice outfit taking yourself out go somewhere nice Go somewhere with like multiple wines by the glass that you can talk to the staff about. (laughs) You want bar seating. I mean, this year I actually also took myself to, on your recommendation, uh, to Chaco Bar. So it was what would have been my third wedding anniversary and I wanted to take myself out for, for a meal. And they made it so delightful. Like the staff were so welcoming. They were really, yeah, no, we can figure this out. Yeah, let's sit at the bar. We'll put you in front of the yakitori. Uh, station so you can watch all the action like when I was sort of figuring out what sake I wanted they came and like talked me through it gave me tasting flights let me do half serves of the sake so I could try more things so I know not everyone's comfortable with this but I wanted to suggest some tips for making it a little bit less awkward if you are not a solo dining pro my first tip is to start with a lunch I feel like that's a nice way to ease in it's less intimidating Mm -hmm. but you can still you know go to like a 10 William Street, go to, you know, somewhere in the city, go to Ragazzi, have a lovely bottle of pasta. Just easy way in if dinner is still a bit too intimidating. The second one is bar seating is key because then you don't feel like you've just got an empty seat with no one there. You're just slotting in. You're just fitting at the bar. And then you can also often chat with the staff or they'll like come and like see how you're going and end up talking. So you're not like completely solo. And you also get to like observe everyone else in the room and I personally am very nosy, love to eavesdrop. So you get some good eavesdropping opportunities. Ooh. The other pro move is many places will do half serves of things. Just ask them. Yeah. They'll split it. Just ask. They'll split them, serve you, like charge you half, and then you can try just as much stuff without being really full. Yeah, that is that is the hardest thing sometimes. You're like, oh, I don't want to eat this like massive because, you know, everything is to share mm. these days and that's just too much food for one mm. person. <laughs> So, yeah, 100%. So happy to make half serves a lot of the time, which is so good. Um, And then if you are nervous, you can take a book or a notebook to write in. But I actually think you'll end up just enjoying it far more than you expect. And you've always got your phone if you need it. But it's one of my favorite feelings that was the thing that was missing during the pandemic is being alone in public, surrounded by 
noise and people, even though you're like having like your alone time. And that's one of my favorite feelings is to be in your own little bubble in a public place. So double down, guys, take yourself out for a date. You won't regret it. And the half service thing is going to change your life. So you're welcome. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I love doing that. I never get to do it anymore. And when I get the chance, I'm like, yes, (laughs) no talking, just eating alone. No compromise. (laughs) Order exactly what you want. Yeah, heaven. Great suggestion. What have you bought or done? Okay, I have something that is going to relax you incredibly. It's called the Japanese Bathhouse in the Blue Mountains. Oh, yes. So I feel like this has been a lot of people's to-do list for ages. I have certainly have it saved in my notes for a really long time to try, and we finally went away to the Blue Mountains on a trip with my husband's family on the weekend and – way in advance I booked us into the Japanese bathhouse which is just beyond Blackheath kind of it's on its own property overlooking a valley in the mountains it's a very misty atmospheric spot it's absolutely beautiful and it's a series of baths it's not just you know a couple of pools you wander in you first take off your shoes and they give you you know little sandals to wear bring your own towel and obviously your swimmers this is not a nude bathhouse (laughs) and (laughs) you kind of wade through this little warm river to like you know wash your feet and get in there you bathe in the shower clean yourself before you go into the baths and there's about hmm how many would there be I guess like eight, eight or to ten different styles of baths that you kind of wander around this big precinct and explore over a two-hour period. So they're all around like 36 to 40-ish degrees, like they're varying temperature. And then there's a a really cold bath as well if you want to plunge between, which is a really invigorating (laughs) feeling. They really cap the numbers so it doesn't feel like this big theme park water world. It's really calm and really quiet. And you kind of wander through and dip into all the little bars. There's ones that are big enough for one person, some that are big enough for two, really big bars, but they only say, you know, four to six people in it at a time. So it's really sparse and calm. And it's just the most relaxing thing ever. Like I just loved it. I found this like my favorite bath in the whole precinct was just in this little bamboo kind of forest around the back super cold outside so it was really steamy everywhere and there's no music playing or anything it's just silence the sound of the forest just lying there like eyes closed it's just so nice (laughs) so nice there's a little tea house on site so you can have a little Japanese meal or some tea and like sweets if you want but it's extremely popular so definitely recommend booking pretty far like a couple of months in advance if you can Uh, you never know on a weekday you might get the odd free booking but on a weekend it's super super busy and it's open till 9 30 p.m at night and I reckon next time I'm gonna try and go at like 5 30 till 7 30 and that like dusk time I think that would be so cool there's like little lamps everywhere and lights there's just like the sound of water trickling everywhere and there's a herbal steam room which I can't really handle because I can't handle saunas and steam rooms it's too much my husband really enjoyed that and yeah just just so good. It was everything 
you want a Japanese bathhouse to be really. I actually have been there once but not for a couple of years and I did go at night in winter and it was amazing, super, super relaxing. The only problem was then we had to like drive out of there and we were like, but we're also relaxed. (laughs) This is dangerous. Yeah, the drive is a little dark and freaky. It's definitely worth it. So good, so good. A really good winter activity, I think. Imagine if it was snowing and you were there. Love that. Amazing. Uh, Pro tip is to bring a robe with you because you kind of cart this towel around and then it's just like freezing and wet by the end and you just want a warm towel so i would take a robe and leave your towel for the end that's my pro tip all right what time is it now it's the fast five a bit rusty oh my god so excited okay (laughs) as is traditional i'm about to say let's just whip through these real quick and we'll take forever All right, first one. I have a blush that I purchased a little while ago now, but I've recently bought a second one. It's the best makeup product I've bought in years. It is the Rare Beauty Stay Vulnerable Melting Blush. I can see you clicking on that link in the script. (laughs) My sister Claire told me to buy it, and then she's like, it's the Selena Gomez Beauty brand. And I was like, hmm, all right, like I'm not rushing out to get it. But I'm here to admit I was wrong. I was so wrong. This blush is the most incredible formula. I don't know. I've never experienced anything like it. Like it's in a little compact and it has this really glossy sheen. It's like solid. So it's not powdery at all. But then when you you use your fingers to apply it, it kind of like goes on really sheer. So you can kind of build up. It's still got quite a bit of pigment, but it's it's sort of like a wet to powder, but without being powdery. It's magical. Ooh. It's really magical. Which color did you get? I got two. So I got the Neely Mauve, which is like a plummy color. That's quite good for winter. And then I went total other end of the spectrum, the Neely Rose, which is like a sweet sugary pink color. Picked it up at mm. Sephora on a total whim. They're $36. They're amazing. I think it will last me literally for years. <laughs> it's a very dense little product. So, so good. So Rare Beauty Stay Vulnerable Melting Blush. Number two. Okay, if you are like Sophie, who is in travel planning mode for the first time, and I'm also in travel planning mode for later this year, I have a Substack newsletter by Yolanda Edwards. Uh, It's called YOLO Intel, a great name. She is the former creative director of Condé Nast Traveler. And I've got to say, this is like the Vogue travel kind of level. Like it's a little bit And by a little bit, I mean it's very wishful thinking. It is high end. Every hotel I click on, I'm like, oh, 500 euros. (laughs) I am not staying there. (laughs) But it is the most glorious, just like over the top wish fulfillment. She has a free newsletter and a a paid section. So like much like our newsletter, some of them are for everyone. Some are for only paid subscribers. She does these in-depth guides to specific locations. She does like black books. So like she'll have like a city where she'll, she'll tell you like all of the best like places to get like a haircut or to buy slippers or like all these random rich people things. It's the best travel escapism. Um, I subscribed because I was like, you know, at the very minimum, she tells you really good cities to visit or itineraries to do like I was thinking about maybe going to Greece so she gives you like the best islands for different sorts of trips that you want it's just really great travel escapism the equivalent of like flicking through Vogue at the dentist um but on your phone oh so good it's the good shit she fancy how much is it to subscribe sorry I think it's like five dollars a month can't remember that sounds about that's right. good value good value <laughs> same price as a coffee guys 
<laughs> so that's YOLO Intel. She's also really good to follow on Instagram. She seems to permanently be zipping around in very luxurious locations. Number three is a little Thai restaurant called Joe's Table that I recently went to the, for the first time. It's in Darlinghurst. Oh, yes. I've heard so much about this place. It's one of these places. Like it definitely like flies under the radar of the food media and scene in Sydney, which is very can be very obsessed with like the newest thing. But it's been around for I think about five years now. It only seats like 15 to 20 people at any time. It's actually a sandwich place at lunchtime and then a Thai restaurant at night. Uh, and the chef, Joe Kitsana, has previously worked at Famish and Long Grain, so two really great South Asian, Southeast Asian restaurants. And this is a one-man show. He cooks, he takes your order, he brings the food, he does everything. It's just him out the back. It seems impossible. Like you're like, one guy, this is going to take a while, but no, it's so quick. The food <laughs> is like really amazing. Like it's sort of like there's, there's some of the classic Thai kind of standards on there, but it's also kind of. Some of it's just a bit more inventive. And if there's seafood on the menu or fish on the menu, you should definitely order whatever he's doing with it. It's amazing. And I think it's also BYO. Uh, at least that's what I've seen. I can't remember if it still is BYO. That might have changed since COVID. But if it is, I mean, literally perfect. BYO restaurants are so rare. Yes. This is Rose from Buffet's like favorite place. And I I'm dying to that go. Might be it sounds where I so saw cute it. and warm. Yes. I feel like I might oh, have seen yeah. it on her Instagram. Thank you, Rose from Buffet. <laughs> but yeah, and I, I only recently tried it and it like was exactly as perfect and cozy and really warm. I think it's like a real local favorite that people who live nearby like don't want it to get out. So sorry everyone. I'm telling people. It's amazing. So that's Joe's table in <laughs> Darlinghurst. My next one, I'm never gonna be able to afford their clothes, but the row. Does really good Spotify playlists. Oh my god, really? Yeah, awesome. It's I I can't remember. I think I re- got this from another newsletter. Someone recommended it. They've been doing one a month since April 2020. Obviously, someone's lockdown project, and they're just my ideal like put them on and get work done playlist. It's like a real good mix of classics, a little bit of world stuff. There's like a little bit of electronic, older and more contemporary work like the Avalanches. It's just really good to put on and just get stuff done. Never expected that they would be my favorite work DJ, but they can do everything. So that is the Rose Spotify playlist. If you just search the Row on Spotify, you will find them. And then my last one, this has been on my list to recommend basically since we recorded our last episode. <laughs> so it's been a long time coming. This is the Saison Vermouth Company brand that's made by the Embla Head Chef. Have you tried this? Oh my God, it's so yum. It's amazing. So I have the quince flavored one, but they're, they describe themselves as a small batch vermouth that celebrates the bounty of each season. So they kind of release different flavor vermouths, you know, a couple of times a year. So I got myself a bottle of the quince flavored one last year. And at the moment, I think the summer flowers flavor is still out, which looks beautiful. Um, And they're also just releasing their black walnut vermouth, which I am very, very keen on trying. They're just, I just really like to have an option that's like low alcohol, It's not super sweet. It's not like a kind of cordial, super botanical flavors are really interesting. And because it's, you know, the head chef of Embla, you know, he knows 
had a balance of flavor profile. Um, and, you know, they're mm. Australian, they're local, they're made small batches, really good just over ice with a splash of tonic or soda, wedge of lime, or just even just by themselves at the end of a nice meal. I picked mine up, I think, from P&V in Paddington, but they're on drinks. Um, I think in Melbourne they're on Blackheart and Sparrows. If you just Google Saison Vermouth, they're stocked in, you know, wherever you can get really good natural wine, you'll probably be able to find their stuff as well. So yeah, to keep your eyes peeled, they're always releasing new new flavors. So black walnut sounds so interesting. Look, that's I'll be great. purchasing that because that's another one of my problems: hoarding weird digestives. It's your niche fetish: esoteric aperitifs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's your fast five? Okay, number one is a little bar, Japanese bar in Newtown called White Moon Bar. And it's actually the nighttime personality of Tokyo Lamington, which is on Australia Street opposite the police station. Yeah, so Lamington shop during the day and from Thursday to Saturday nights, it turns into this little mini takenome, I think is the pronunciation, which means standing bar Mm. in Japanese. So there's only about room for 14 inside and outside on these teeny tiny little tables. Um, And it's so good. They serve sake, yuzu highballs, Japanese beers, plus like katsu curry, little plates of pickles, Japanese croquettes and like like mushroom or chicken karage and the best snack, which is like jats with a slice of pickled radish, a dollop of cream cheese and chopped chives. Oh my God. It's very yum. Super casual and really inexpensive. Like a dish is like under $20 for dinner. And it's just so fun. You really feel like you're at a little bar in Tokyo. It's uncanny. Amazing. <laughs> and yeah, like you just stumbled across it. It's really quiet. Like it's not, you know, it's a little quiet street. It's not flashy. It's just a really little gem in Newtown. Absolutely charming. Loved it. White Moon Bar on Australia Street. Another one is a little (laughs) trend that I have gone down a rabbit hole of on TikTok, Um, spending way too much time on beauty TikTok, but it's like French tip nails. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's like nude nails with the white at the end, except, (laughs) and here's the twist, kids, (laughs) The French tip part, which is like the white part traditionally, is a colour. Whoa, groundbreaking. I actually just went to like a extremely lo-fi nail place like in the Randwick Mall <laughs> and was like, you know, French tips, like could you, but could you put bright red on the end? And it took ages for us to like talk through this concept because if you don't get gel nails or like shellac or acrylic nails, which I don't because they absolutely wrecked my nails and I'm never getting them again if you get shellac it's easy to do a base coat of like nude and then the color over the Mm. top but if you just want natural paint nails she just painted mine with clear and then put the red paint on the ends and kind of blotted it off to make it a smooth line with remover and then just made it really really glossy with clear paint over the top so it's a pretty subtle nail trend. You can actually, you can, uh, you can get like different colors on each nail. I'll link to an example on our, in our newsletter, which looks really cool if you get the right colors, but yeah, I don't know, something fun. And it's like an inexpensive little trend to try, which I like very much. There was like a 70, 70 and 80 year old woman sitting next to me as I was getting them painted. And I just was watching out of the corner of my eye and she was just like staring at me. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what do you think? And she's like, 
I'm like, a bit different, huh? And she's like, yes. I'm like, something fun. And she's like, absolutely. And I'm like, you hate it. <laughs> you hate it so much. But yeah, it was pretty fun. I would get it again, definitely. The next one is another excellent recommendation from our listeners when we on Instagram, you know, ask what you guys have been, what's your best discovery lately? And there are just so many good things that you guys have been discovering. And I always find out like a billion things I want from there. The best one from the latest batch was very bougie car fragrance, which I just did not realize was a thing. You know, car fragrance makes me think of like those pine tree little cutouts that people hang from their, their mirror or like the Jelly Belly one. I feel like Jelly Belly is another car fragrance. But anyway, Mecca sells a brand of auto fragrance called DS and Durga or Durga. I'm not sure how that's pronounced, but it is a New York perfume company who they make fragrance, but they also make candles and the car fragrances are based on the candle scents that I have. I bought the one. It's only $18 called Big Sur After Rain, which fills the air with a scent of Highway 1 Drive down the Californian coast, rainwater in the eucalyptus groves, magnolia and wet beautiful a very atmospheric description of this scent and it is a really really beautiful thing it's very heady like when you open the packet it's just like whoa this is really filling my car my husband was like oh my god this is so strong like I can't handle it but it really you know it softens over time it's really nice but the one like terrible thing that happened was that my poor baby was like I I unwrapped this gorgeous like scent like dangled it from my mirror I was like ah, the car smells so nice. And then he was so sick. Like that, that day he was so sick in the car, like torrent of vomit in the car. And now it's just ruined the smell because now all I can smell is a combo of big sir after rain and like baby vomit. Completely, completely ruined it. And I really hope this doesn't happen to anyone else because it is a really delightful smell. And I wish that upon your car, all your cars as you drive into the sunset. But there are lots of different fragrances. If you're looking for a little upgrade to make your car feel a little bit more bougie, it is DS and Durga car fragrance. And they're at Mecca and they're only around $18. The gift that keeps on giving. The next one is a bar in Melbourne. So we had an epic packed getaway to Melbourne recently just for the weekend filled with ideas from the highly enthused Melbourne Google map which has all the recommendations from a group of excellent creatives in the city which was released as part of our newsletter and it's absolutely free we'll put the link in our newsletter but it's got like over 100 recommendations for Melbourne shops bars karaoke coffee you name it One of the best bars we went to was called Caretaker's Cottage, which is off Little Lonsdale Street in the CBD. At the back of the Wesley Uniting Church, there's like a little brick or sandstone, a cottage at the back on the property. It's a little precinct that's kind of been redone lately with some nice restaurants and cafes. And it's this like tiny, perfectly formed pub with, it's set up by a couple of guys who used to be at a really famous bar called black pearl in Mm. melbourne and yeah it's a pub like but it's absolutely tiny there's three beers on tap one of them is guinness which i just love the cocktails are really on point the martini comes with like pink pickled cocktail onions as a garnish and it's served just like exquisitely cold like minus 18 degrees they really bring it down 
It's so cold. Well, he chills the container like in the freezer and then he freezes that again. So like the whole thing is frozen in the freezer. And you know when a martini is really cold, it's just that slightly bit unctuous and like thick, like glossy, syrupy. Oh, it's the best texture. Really, really yum. There are little British-esque snacks to go with it. There's some grass out the front that you can sit on and like sip your drink. It's just so cozy and excellent at Melbourne and I love it. Very good. That is Caretaker's Cottage. And my last recommendation is just a fuzzy, fuzzy cardi for winter. (laughs) It's from Sportscraft, which I never shop at, but I was shopping with my mum and she loves Sportscraft. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll have a look in here. And it's like bright red, like scarlet red and so soft. And it has these big buttons down the center. And I've just been wearing it like every second day. It's so soft and cuddly. And every time I wear it, I get like a billion compliments because it's the brightest color. So it's really cheery. I feel like with jeans and a white t-shirt, it just really brightens your day. I love a bright <laughs> fuzzy knit. Yeah. The battle is keeping it fuzzy and not like, you know, bally or what do you call it? Pilly. Yep. But it's really snuggly. I really love it. It's the Tatiana Mohair Cardigan from our friends at Sportscraft, (laughs) which is not a brand I've recommended before on this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. A good find. And that brings us to the end of my first five. And the end of our first episode back. Feels good. No, oh, it feels good. It takes a little while to get back in the swing. <laughs> a little bit rusty. You need to like, you know, warm back up, but we'll be fine. Do you want to take us out with some reminders about where people can find all these links? Oh, do I? You can find us on Instagram at Highly Enthused. We love to hear from you. You can DM us there. Soph is always in there checking those messages because she loves getting all your recommendations. You can also email us, highlyenthused at gmail.com. Or if you've somehow managed to forget since the introduction, you can check us out at highlyenthused.substack.com. You should definitely be signed up by now. Every episode will send all the recommendations for free. And then if you really extra love us and want to hear from us one more time a month, you can become a paid subscriber for $5, which is cheaper than a large oat flat white. Uh, And then you get to read wonderful (laughs) essays and amazing city guides and all sorts of delightful things. And you get access to the entire archive. So, I mean, I don't know what else you could want. Tempting. Tempting. I mean, we've already got the whole archive, so, like, we're we're good. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. First episode done and dusted. We'll see you guys in two weeks. See you then. Bye. Bye.